Welcome to The Table, a place where stories are told, life is shared, and our hope is you'll leave full. We encourage you to sit back, pull up a chair, and enjoy the conversation. You know that? What? Real name's Paul. Yeah. Paul Cyrus. Paul Rus the Walrus. Paul Rus the Walrus. Sigh the Vi. Sigh the Vi. Sigh the Guy. You ready? Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of The Table. Well, it's season two. Um, we're right in the middle of it now. I'm your co-host, Chris Albritton, and joining me around the table, we have the bearded wonder, Drew Phillips. Hey, hey. And the legendary, the one, the only, Cy Marshall is our special guest in here today. What's up, right. Cy? How's it going? Going great, going great. I'm excited to talk about your life. Some of you may not know who Cy Marshall is. Uh, and so our hope in this podcast is just to learn more about Cy, what he does here, and what his hope for is in the future here with Calvary. So why don't you go ahead and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Well, yes, my name is Cy. I grew up in Lexington. I lived in Lexington my whole life and just recently started my new position at Calvary, student pastor. I'm loving it. Nice. Tell us a little bit about what you'd like to do in your free time. What I would like to do if I didn't have a broken foot for the whole first month and a half of working here, I would like to disc golf. I like to run, but right now I've been restricted to couch potatoing, watching Netflix, playing video games, and going to sporting events. Recent graduate of? Asbury University. Asbury University in Lexington, I'm assuming, right? That's yeah, right outside of Lexington. Right outside of Lexington. Cool. I did not even cool. know it existed until I was a senior in high school. N- neither did I until I met you. Yeah. So, But how, I'm sure it's a great university. How did you, how did you uh, get plugged in there to Asbury? How did you figure, find out about that senior year? Well, uh, I was looking to study youth ministry. I was looking to play baseball. And I was working for my dad. He has a cabinet company. And he got a chance to... Um, worked there and installed cabinets in the dorms. And so he said, hey, you're going to come with me. You're going to install cabinets, and we're going to meet the baseball coach. I said, all right, let's go. And I was driving there, and my dad said, how do you not know where this place is? And I said, I've never heard of it. We don't go to Nicholasville. And then we went. I met the coach, tried out. He said, I'd love to have you play on the team. Went to Asbury, studied youth ministry. What was your position on the team? Center field for one year. All right, for one year. One year. And that's all you played was one year? All that one year. It's the best My year of baseball I ever played. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> and went out on a good note. Why? Yeah, why'd you step away? Well, let's see. It could be a long story short. We could go a long story, but um, pretty much I played that year, and the next summer I got to go on a summer ministry team. And while I was on that team, I was at church one morning, and the pastor was talking, and I was kind of in and out. I was really tired from the week before of camps, but... I focused in on a part where he was talking about Psalm 119, verse 105, and he said that, he read the verse, it's um, God's word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, and he said how a lamp only guides a few steps in front of us, but the rest is still in the darkness, and so that sometimes just, you know, God doesn't tell us the whole entire path, and I felt uh, clear as day, God telling me that that my next step was to quit baseball, but he wasn't going to show me why. And I knew right there. I was like, I've got to quit. And I cried, called my parents. My dad was confused, but we worked through it. We all cried. and <laughs> But that was the next step I took and didn't even figure out why I needed to quit until probably a year later. So. Wow. You've also uh, soon to be newlywed. Yes. Engaged. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about that? Yeah, I just got engaged to the one and only Emily Nelson. And uh, we met actually while at Asbury 
doing the summer ministry team thing. And when we were on the summer ministry team, we were just friends and everything. But And then even the year later, we were just friends, um, weren't even around each other at school. But going into my senior year, we started hanging out more and it developed into, hey, she's pretty cool. He's pretty cool. We should probably date each other. And so we did. And the rest is history. And we just got engaged in August and we're planning our wedding, and it's a lot of fun. <laughs> See, so you were blaming this summer mission trip that you took uh, on leaving baseball, but did something have to do with Emily, maybe, or not? Uh, no, All right. that, that it, wasn't. It seems like you met Emily, you did away with baseball. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> no, that was worth the dots. Oh. oh, that's good. That's good. Well, tell our listeners a little bit about your uh, your faith story, your faith journey, how you uh, your call into ministry, but just in general, growing up, what your faith background was. Yeah, so I grew up uh, in an awesome home with amazing parents, and um, they're both Christian. Uh, my mom actually did not grow up in a Christian um, home or family. Uh, they, she grew up in technically a cult. I don't know too much about it. I always forget what it was called, but um, she tells me all about it. And then my dad grew up in church, and so when they got married, they decided, hey, we should probably go to church together, and um, that would be something we do as a family. And so that's what we did. I remember... Um, going to church, going to kids' church every now and then, but um, I remember more going to the ballpark. <laughs> I remember being at the ballpark more on weekends than going to church, but it was still one of those things where it was still a good foundation for me in that um, while while I don't remember talking about it too much, I remember uh, my dad playing Caleb on the radio and my mom telling me that um, I should pray, and so those were the things that kind of stuck with me, even though Growing up, I don't remember church too much, and I, don't, I remember a lot of it being confusing. My parents were, um, you know, influential enough, and there were enough things that kind of stuck with me until I went to middle school. Okay. So, yeah. So then, so, so talk about that transition from, from that to what happened in middle school. Yeah. So um, growing up, like I said, I don't remember going to church all that much. My parents say I'm wrong and that we went a lot more than I say I do, but sorry, mom and dad. But in middle school, we got invited to go to a new church, and it was with a guy I played baseball with, and so he invited us. We started going. It was much closer to our house, so it made it a lot easier to go every Sunday. It was less of a journey, and he also invited me to go to the youth group, and so it was there that um, I met this awesome youth pastor, and um, he was really influential to me. I met good friends. There were small groups and questions that I had growing up about just, you know, the creation of the universe and who Jesus is, who God is, that all started to make sense. And it was in seventh grade, I believe, that um, it all clicked. And I felt that urge while I was in a church service. I was like, I've got to get baptized. Like, I've got to give my life to Jesus. And so that was the moment where everything started to make sense. Um, The questions I had growing up, it all clicked. Then how did you make that transition then to you said when you were looking for schools, you were wanting to go somewhere and study youth ministry. How did how did that happen? Yeah, so uh, from the time that I got baptized in seventh grade to the time that I was a junior or senior in high school, um, it was, I feel like I could confidently say I was c- constantly growing um, in my faith and um, my relationship with Jesus, decisions that I made all revolved around that. And of course, I was no perfect um, human being and uh, family and friends could testify to that. But Um, Throughout that whole process, I kept going to the youth group and kept deepening those relationships, and it was the summer going into my senior year, yes, summer going into my senior year, that I got the chance for the first time to go to a church camp. So before that, summers were always baseball, 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 or just hang out, and 
I never really was interested in going to church camps. I was just kind of like, I'd rather play baseball. But this was the first time that I was like, hey, I want to go to a church camp. And my dad was like, all right, um, if it's there during this week, you can miss one tournament. But after that, you're playing baseball because we paid for this. And I was like, okay, that's fair. I got to go to the camp. And I was at that camp, and it was probably the second to last day, something like that. But I remember sitting in the back left of the auditorium area, and we were just singing songs. And it was a bunch of high school students. I was a high school student at the time, of course, but I still just felt that moment of God speaking to me of like, look how cool this is. And it was kind of that the first time I felt maybe this is what I need to do. Mm. And so, yeah. Yeah, and I think we've all shared those moments. Uh, for me, obviously, I'm in worship ministry, and so uh, several moments throughout life. I wasn't musical growing up at all but until I really got to college, but several moments where I had that same feeling of, uh, I could, this is kind of a visionary moment for the future of what we do here. So that's great. That's great. So you have uh, recently started, been here for a little while now. Why don't you tell us about your role here at Calvary? Yeah, so I am, like I said earlier, the student pastor, which means I get the chance and the privilege of having the most fun job out of all the jobs here, because that means maybe I get true. to... You may be right my, uh, Not maybe, it's, it's pretty true, <laughs> but <laughs> I get to hang out with middle school and high school students and um, walk with them through the crazy time of middle school and high school and teach them God's word, play shaving cream wiffle ball break my foot. No, we don't talk about that. <laughs> he actually has a picture on his uh, computer that he pops out frequently, and I look at it, and I cringe because I can't stand looking at pictures like that, and uh, I've asked him to delete it a couple of times, but it's his personal space. It doesn't so make sense do to me. I mean, you, you hunt deer, and that's fine. <laughs> that's but you true. <laughs> that is true. Something about people, his feet. So, yeah, I don't know. yeah, that's uh, a lot of what I get to do. That's awesome. So, so, Tell our listeners a little bit about what you're hoping now that you've been here for a little bit. Where, what are some things that you're excited about that you're looking forward to that you want to see implemented into our student program here? Yeah, so one thing um, I'm really passionate about is just um, studying all the things when it comes to theology, scripture, um, asking tough questions, having those hard conversations. And so um, that's something that is in the works, um, coming before too long, coming to Calvary near you, 2020. I don't know when it's coming, but um, we're planning on creating some type of six to eight week studies where um, students who are interested can come another day during the week instead of only on Sundays to ask tough questions or to learn from someone else who isn't their typical leader on a Sunday to continue to have more adult influences in their life, learn more about their faith, ask questions that maybe they're too embarrassed to ask on a Sunday or maybe we're not talking about it. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to kick that off here soon for smaller groups, another time during the week to study and um, learn those things. And student community on Sundays uh, is just, from what I can tell, going fantastic. And I, I step in there occasionally, check on things, run sound, do that type of things. Which I'm very I thankful for. <laughs> uh, but but it really is just a, a, a booming ministry that has just kind of taken off with That's the wild. split. And mm-hmm. so uh, describe some of that to the listeners and, and some of the exciting things y'all do in there. Yeah, so it's crazy because um, I think like many of you know, last year it split. So high school started meeting at night still, but middle school meets in the mornings. And so with that, you know, it's, it's weird, it's new. Um, I think students really loved it, which was really helpful. Uh, middle school, it's in the morning, so students who are already there can go. But it's one of those things where we split because of space, and even though we split, we're still struggling with space yeah, now because yeah, it's, it's grown so big. And we're in middle school, we're scrambling for 
how, how are we going to move the students or where can they meet? Because, you know, the church is busy in the morning. So great problems to have. And high school has been having great attendance too, which fortunately no one else is in the building so we can spread <laughs> out. But uh, it's been it's been awesome. Yeah. And one of the things that, uh, Drew, you can speak into this as well, but I wanted to ask you as we go off the script, just a hair here, can we do All that? All right, let's do it. <laughs> Um, sometimes there's just a disconnect between the age groups. Drew and I are pretty close in age. We're actually a lot older than you are, more than 10 years. Yeah, can we say that? That's crazy. And we'll keep oh, it at making that. Making me feel old. Uh, but you are, you're fresh out of college, uh, you know, a, a couple of years out of college and uh, not too far even out of high school. What do you see as a, a major issue that students are facing today, maybe in junior high and high school, if there's two differences or if they're facing the same thing? that the listener can, one, be praying for if you're a parent of a, a student that you just need to know a little information about. Is there anything you could share with us on that? Yeah, first thing that comes to mind, um, I don't know if it's something that is pretty clear or obvious or not, but it's something we talked about a lot in college, and I still have to remember to wrap my head around. It's just the fact that students are just in a different phase of life than we are, and even just between middle school and high school, it's just completely different seasons and there's you know puberty development meeting friends and um, learning all kinds of different things moving schools and you know thousands of different um, elements going on but on top of that um, you can debate on if life is harder nowadays for middle school and high school students or if they've got it easier but we can't deny that it is completely different (laughs) and that we still don't know how to handle this new technology world of um And so that's the biggest thing I'd say that um, is the biggest difference. I mean, even between when I was in high school, because we had Snapchat and Instagram and everything, but now that's all they do. That's the only way they communicate is on Snapchat, or they'll not hang out together, but we'll FaceTime each other while playing video games instead of going to the same house. And so it's just just a whole new world (laughs) to, to work around. And so I'd say that's the biggest thing of there's not only the typical development, which that's even changed over the past however many, 20, 30 years, but the, the social technology, technological world as well. Yeah, so. yeah I actually just listened to a, a, another podcast today um, on my commute, and they were talking about how for the first time in, um, in a long time, if ever, that the previous generation can't speak into the life of uh, the generation behind them. So like, uh, like for us, even, you know, for us and our kids, we didn't grow up with a screen in front of our face and having to learn how to, how do we have the appropriate boundaries with this technology? And so people who are younger than us, people are in middle school and high school now have grown up with this screen and no boundaries and their parents or even mentors ahead of them cannot speak into, Hey, this is how you put appropriate boundaries around technologies because when we were their age, we didn't have those same technologies that is are vying for so much of our influence. The podcast I was listening to mentioned that said the only thing that was maybe closer or similar to it is the Industrial Revolution, where at that point everyone was at home and you learned the family agriculture trade, agriculture, big, yeah. that where then you went off to the workplace. And so for the new people who just went into the workplace, their parents may not be able to understand but other than that, it's been that long since the parent-child or the between-generations been able to speak into how to live life and how to have appropriate boundaries around some of the, some, some of the or the most influential 
peace into their life. And so a lot of these, a lot of students right now are having to learn how to do this and navigate it on their own without any advice or help from people above them um, or ahead of them in life because they just, they, they didn't have that experience at that age, Yeah, which is, is crazy. I'd never thought about that. So I heard about it today. I, yeah. I'm hearing that. And that is so interesting. That's a, an interesting correlation because you had that, those close families long time ago, 100, 200 years ago, whatever it may have been, uh, where they all just worked on the farm. And then all of a sudden the shift was moving to the big city and, and navigating life that way. And well, now it's not necessarily moving away from the family farm because you may still be in some kind of type of community, but it's communication. That's the big key uh, struggle with the different generations and yeah. this new age of um, uh, generation that's, that's all on Snapchat, which I don't do Snapchat. Uh, I try not to do as much social media as possible just because I don't like it that much. But um, that is that's something that is, is a hard thing for us, even in the mid-30s, to navigate how do we even talk to kids who walk right by us and are, are on their phone because they are communicating. Mm-hmm. We don't see it. We're like, you're just looking at your phone the whole time. But they're actually communicating to each other via one of these apps that they're doing. So Yeah, yeah it's just a crazy, crazy world. Crazy. So uh, let's talk about some of the things that within the church. What what are you hopeful for with our student group? What do you see as, as something that uh, kind of a shining light in the future or some of the leadership I've seen just blossom in that time? So, Yeah, well, that's a um, kind of answered it in the last part right there. But we have some awesome leaders and um, people who have stepped up um, just in this recent time of they they're in it. They're all about it. They're excited. They're taking initiative on things. You know, I'm trying to work on some kind of organization with technology of keeping attendance and organizing small groups and knowing all of that. And as I'm trying to slowly figure out technology for that, they're already doing it <laughs> without me even setting it up. So I'm like, well, that's sweet. It makes it easier for me to organize the groups, but they're taking charge and recognizing how um, we need to focus and in and be good shepherds of um, the students that are there and recognizing that we don't want to let anyone not get reached or we want to make sure everybody's got an adult or leader in their life that is reaching out to them, which is really exciting. And um, especially shout out to the high school (laughs) girls group. Um, They're doing a great job and we're going to, we're trying to soon figure out how to emulate that with every other group. So that's something really exciting. Sure. That's awesome. Now, let's say one of our listeners uh, involved at Calvary, maybe just casually coming, but they, they want to be able to support you, want to be able to support the student ministry. Um, what are some different ways that, that they could come around and help support and help you do it, uh, what you do on a week-to-week, year-to-year basis? Mm-hmm. Well, the first one, of course, is to pray, to just pray for our students, and especially in um, just this time of new transition. Um, you know, I'm new to the job. We've got people who are new leaders, even though they're doing great and stepping up, there's just so much um, new (laughs) right now. And so just um, wisdom and prayer and discernment of how to move forward, how to develop the small groups in a way that we do keep it small and that they, they, the students are getting leaders that are um, pouring into their life. And practically, um, just when you see a student on a Sunday morning, just introduce yourself, say hi. Yeah, they might think, oh, what's this? old person telling me, like, why are they reaching out to me? But, you know, it's just one of those things that's super valuable for students to have more adult leaders and more adult influences in their lives outside of just their parents and their youth pastor. The more adult influence that students have, the more adult leaders and um, Christ followers that they can see, the more they realize, okay, this is just bigger than 
my parents. This is just, this is bigger than me or um, people actually care <laughs> and I actually am valued. And so, yeah, and some very practical things that you can do that I was thinking about uh, along with what Sai said you feed them almost every week. And so if there's a small group or a family that is interested in helping out with some that in some way, let Sai know. He can put you on the schedule. You have to learn how to feed in masses quickly, (laughs) you know, because it's kind of a a big group that rushes in there quick. Uh, Also, you know, just as you said, pray and form student community leaders. If there's any, is there any need for that right now? Are you pretty stocked on that? We can always... Uh, right now we're good, but like I mentioned, um, we're working on creating the, um, you know, Bible study groups or discipleship training groups. And so if that's something you're interested in, um, it's less of a time commitment in the sense that we're hoping to make it a six to eight week study. And so if you're interested in possibly, um, you know, being provided a curriculum of how to walk through James or how to talk, talk about a tough subject or topic and sit down with 12 middle school, high school students a week um, for six weeks and meet at the church, meet at a home, at a coffee shop, something like that. So that is definitely a a big way that I'm looking for help in the near future. Well, it's been great uh, talking with you. Si, we have one last question. Uh, is there anything you'd like to let our listeners know as they wrap, to, uh, just for them to wrap up and take home with them? For us. I didn't ask the question question. great either. No, you're good. You're good. We'll have to. So let me start over here and think about it while I'm saying it. So, Sai, as we wrap up and finish today, what is one thought or question you would like our listeners to wrap up and take home with them? Yeah, so uh, I mentioned a second ago that a big way that we could ask for, that we are asking for help is for prayer. And a big reason I say that, a stat that has been sticking to my head that I've brought up multiple time re- times recently is just the number of high school students that once they graduate, once they um, leave the home, go off into the workforce, or once they go to college, it's a staggering some 66% of high school students that within four years of graduating high school are leaving the church. And so that is a number that we are working hard to figure out how we can invest, teach, disciple, walk with high school students, middle school students going through those seven years of life so we can send them off into college. Um, So just prayer for how we can do that well as a church, not just as a student community, but as an entire church at Calvary. Um, And just praying for the students, um, walking alongside of them, finding a way to encourage them or reach out to them for to go get coffee or go to their sporting events and yeah, that's great. Sai, thank you so much for joining us around the table today. It's been a great topic. Always remember to pray for the students when you see them or you hear them uh, during maybe during middle school or something like that. Having fun, just be reminded to pray for them, to, to see them with hope and not uh, discouragement because so often we can just go, man, this generation, what are they doing? But, but they really are hopeful, and they're going to yeah, carry absolutely. the same gospel that we've carried throughout all the years into the next generation. So, Drew, thanks for joining, right, bud. Thanks for having me. We'll see you all next time. Thank you so much for listening to The Table, a podcast of Calvary Church in West Lafayette. For more information, check us out at yourcalvary.info.